is continuing coverage of the 2024 NFL Combine, live from Indianapolis on Steelers Nation Radio. Brought to you in part by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. By Schneider Downs, discover the value of big thinking with a personal focus at SchneiderDowns.com. By ST Bank, proudly serving our community since 1902. STBank.com by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. And by Iron Workers Local Union Number Three. They don't go to the office; they build it. Early and I recently had that same discussion. Yeah. yeah, welcome back to Indianapolis, site of the NFL Combine 2024. Jerry Dulac of the Post Gazette, along and the Steeler Radio Network, along with Dale Lawley of Steeler Nation Radio and the Steeler Steeler Radio Network, and of course Max Starks, the sideline reporter for the Steeler Radio Network, former Steeler tackle. It's uh, our hour two. It's uh, hour five of our wall-to-wall coverage here from the Radio Row in the Indiana Convention Center. Uh, I will, in, uh, me, Dale, and Max will take you up until two o'clock, and then Dale, Matt, and Max. Right? Is yes. the next rotation. Yes. From two to whatever time. <laughs> two to three with Max, and then Matt and I finish it up with the, the final hour ourselves. There you go, and uh, you'll so go wander go. off to some other responsibility you have. Right? I, I, I'm sure I'll go forage or <laughs> talk. <laughs> Or, you know, who knows? I might even I may even pop in one of those little alcoves and take a nap. I don't there know. you go. Not a bad idea. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, Spacious. <laughs> let me know what night you plan to go to Giordano's because I want to go the other night to make sure they still have pizza when I go. <laughs> I, I share. I share. I mean, there's, there's a reason why there's a 40-minute window for when you order the pizza, you know. Okay, trying to I'm just going to up with other stuff. I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm going there Wednesday. Okay, so. you're going Wednesday? I'll, I'll go if you're there. going Wednesday. Tell me what time I'll go an hour before you. Okay, or I can go an hour later. Whatever, may, <laughs> whatever makes it happier for everybody. But the beer doesn't stop, though. That's the, the beer does not. Yeah, the taps never go dry. That's exactly right. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk a little bit about the players with after our last two guests. We went to Tennessee the last two uh, last two segments. We're going to talk with Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com uh, in this uh, hour as well. Um, you know, we were talking about possibilities uh, inside linebacker. All of a sudden. Uh, maybe, maybe in free agency, maybe, uh, and the draft is the center position. Mason Cole was released. Um, not a shocker. I know that they wanted to upgrade the position. They would have been happier with Mason. Mason was like the perfect backup, backup center, backup guard. They wanted to upgrade the position. You typically don't see centers go in the first round. Typically, I think we've seen just two in the last four years. Steelers did it with Marquise Pouncey. Uh, I don't know that there's a Marquise Pouncey in the draft, but the kid from Oregon is very intriguing. What have you seen? What do you like? And do you think that's a possibility in round one? I think that's a very real possibility. I love Jackson Power Johnson. First of all, he fits the size. He's on He's on the all bus, get off the he bus team. He is big enough to ride to ride. Yes, yeah. he is. You don't question it. And you say the all butt team? The all bus team. Oh, bus. Because I was going to get say, off the bus team. I got gotcha. you. Those when are the guys you want walking off the bus first to show your team. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought when you so- said he was all buddy, I thought he was the kind of guy that you show the 2022 and 2023 highlight film on each side of his. I was, yeah. I was shocked at the senior bowl. Because, uh, you know, a lot of these times you see guys and they're listed at one thing and you, you get it close to him. You're like, yeah, he, he's not 6'3. Yeah. yeah. 
Jackson Powers Johnson is 6'3". Yeah, he is. Now, he may not be all the way to 6'3", but he's easily over 6'2". Yeah. Uh, You know, he's he's much closer to 6'3 than he is 6'1", which is usually the way that goes. If he's listed as 6'3", he's he's closer to 6'1". And I was really shocked. Uh, You know, he was – they weighed him in down there and it was 330 plus pounds yeah, because he doesn't look it. Yeah. 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 He doesn't he, look like he carries the weight. Well, yeah, he's very lean and he has a good body build, right? You yeah. know, you worry about some guys, maybe they maxed out their body and they kind of over imploded on size or they're underdeveloped. He's more of a, he's more right, 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 right where you need him to yeah. be. I mean, he fits his shoulders, hips, knee, ankle, everything's in structure or in symmetry. And you see it on the film. Yeah. You see the explosiveness at the center position, especially when you look at Oregon's offense, right? I mean, there's a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of IDs that have to be made. He was on point. I mean, I a lot thought, of what Arthur Smith likes to do. Yeah, Arthur Smith loves the window dressing. So having a guy who's used to that already coming in, I think, is a big bonus, especially for the Steelers. And then he has the size. He can reach the second level. He's a guy who who could, who could secure a double-team block and not allow leakage. He can one-on-one block. Snap hand quickness is very is very good for him. So he's one of the few outliers, I think. And if you're talking about a guy, hey, we've got a need and we need to fill it, I think he's a guy that you set it and forget it. This guy could be a 10-year starter. I mean, the way that his skill set's already set up, there's not as much learning curve coming in for him. And the thing that I loved, a couple of things I loved about him, he turned 21 – while we were down at the Senior Bowl. So oh, he's 24. Still, yeah, not right, 24, yes. which you see a lot of that coming out yeah. because of the COVID stuff. And, and also, as I was watching him at the practices, every run, when you'd look down, he's he's running along behind or beside the running back down the field. Like, he's he's finishing blocks, and he's getting to the set next level, and then still looking for somebody else to hit. Yeah, he, he's what we call a last-seen guy. Yeah. <laughs> so the last frame of the picture, you want to see that number in the frame that they're taking whatever it is. And so that's something that, you know, is a special trait because you're always looking for that for offensive line because that shows tenacity, that shows hustle, and that shows want to because most guys block their guy, stop, look at the play downfield. Yeah. No, he's a guy. He's going looking for somebody else. I'm looking for extra work. Yeah. And I'm also looking to finish a guy when I can because that was one of the things. I might not have been the fastest guy, but I was going to finish someone that was in or around the pile <laughs> staring because I knew that was going to give my guy an extra. Or if you get into a, a scrum and you're standing up, right? How many times we see that for the Steelers oh, this yeah. year, right? Where Najee's not stopping his legs and they're not right. blowing the whistle. All of a sudden it's just, it's just a wave coming <laughs> forward. Broderick Jones has that touch to him. So adding another guy, especially your center, oh. right? That's that quarterback of the offensive line. If you're seeing the leader do it, why am I not doing it? And it bring, and, and he, you saw throughout the year – he brought the level of play for the rest of his linemen up because of his actions and his leadership. And I think that's another thing that's indispensable at the center position. The other thing that he did at the senior bowl, Mike Tomlin's down on the field as he always is, you know, for that first day down there, Jackson uh, powers, Johnson goes over, runs over, shakes Mike Tomlin. Hand. I, I, and I asked him about it after, after practice, I just wanted to meet him. I, I, I had, you know, I've obviously, I know who he is. I've heard a lot about him. I just wanted to go over and shake his hand and meet him. Like, yeah, yeah, can't can't beat that. There's a, there's a lot there to like. Yeah, there's a lot there to like. Yeah, and a pick number twenty, chances are he's not going to go above that, so he no. should be available for anything. He's obviously twenty and below. Um, the last center picked in the first round was Tyler Lindebaum, who was twenty five. Yeah, and then I think it was Cesar Ruiz of all people. Yeah. Um, two years prior to that, so in the last four years, there's only two centers picked in the first round, and only one of them amounted to anything. But um, yeah, they're not a high commodity, and we also see guards who were picked who were transitioned to center 
this guy's a center. He is a big, thick guy who can move. And he looks uh, he looks like an, I don't want to say an obvious, but a stealer pick. You want, Nobody should be surprised. No, you shouldn't be surprised by that. And I think, you know, when we're talking about the needs for this team, if you're coming in starting a new offense, new coordinator, and you're trying to get your quarterback behind said center who will be delivering him the football, go upgrade the security force for that guy. Yeah. And that guy's an instant upgrade. You put him at the front of the VIP, in front of the velvet ropes, and he doesn't let anybody in that's not on the list. Right. You know, that, <laughs> right. that's the type of guy he is. And I think, you know, Mason Cole being released is a telltale sign that this is a priority for us within the first two days. Like, you've got you've to hammer that out. Because I don't think in free agency there's a lot of great options. So I think draft is probably where you want to look at that. And we have Nate Herbig. It's going to be my next roster. question to you yeah. as a backup. Yeah, Nate Herbig's a backup, and he's the interior three swing. And we've seen Nate do all three of those positions. And everybody feels comfortable. Pat Meyer loves him. You know, I love him. I love watching Nate. I love his demeanor. And he's always ready to go. Like, I mean, he's one of those guys like, hey, Nate, you're about to go in. He gives you like, eh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> he just goes out there and plays. <laughs> He's kind of built like a refrigerator, I think. He you know, is. He's just kind of square. Yeah, the old run. school with the silver pull right. handle, you know. <laughs> um, you know, tackle, is what you guys mentioned before, a lot of prospects. Also very intriguing last year on Dan Moore's contract. Um, would that surprise you if they went there? Let me preface everything by saying, Andy Weidel's philosophy is the lines of scrimmage. And so when he's going to compile a draft board, what he likes, um, that's one of the areas. And we saw that last year, free agency and the draft changing three of the guys right off the bat. Yeah, I, I think you, you can expect to tackle somewhere in this draft. I don't think it's a, as high a priority because you went up and got Broderick a year ago. You're not going to do that two years in a row at the edge position when there's a glaring need on the interior. But I think it's something that they're going to address either something value happens at the end of day two when that third round pick comes or possibly one of those two fourth round picks, you'll see a tackle that may have slipped and fell and been in that area that you're like, oh, we didn't expect him to be here. That's a good value for him. But I don't think they're going to be after those high dollar guys at the beginning of this draft, those top five guys. Um, and personally, I think you can wait on that position because of the depth at the tackle it's position. It's really, really good. I mean, there's yeah. there's some dudes uh, later, like – the, the kid from BYU, Sue Mataya. Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking at round two or three for him. Um, and he could, yeah, you know, I thought he was strong at the senior bowl as well. And, and looks like he could step in and be a long-term, maybe not right away, but a guy that you can develop. Uh, Delmar Glaze from Maryland is uh, yeah. another one that's, uh, um, you know, there's, there's some guys. Uh, I like that, Corey Bullock, the kid, other kid from Maryland, transfer from Central. Okay. I really and, like and him as Christian well. Christian Jones from Texas had, yep. had a strong senior bowl. So, I mean, there's there's guys into that third and fourth round that are going to be there. And the beauty of it is, you know, how many teams are going to take two? Yeah, exactly. So, if, if you had the run on them early and everybody yeah. fills up with, with first-round uh, offensive tackles, some of those guys end up slipping a little bit farther than what maybe they should because of the value of the position because everybody got them in the first round. Now they got to go fill other needs. And you got all those new teams that also say we're taking best available. And then all of a sudden it ends up being a random, random pick. I mean, granted, we don't have Bill Belichick, so we don't get the random Cole strange pick, you know, <laughs> that comes out of the first <laughs> round. Like, and you have Sean McVay talking about, I, I had him pegged for the fifth round <laughs> when we were going to draft him. So, you know, <clears throat> but I think this year, yeah, that's something you have to think. About. <clears throat> I'm sorry. That's okay. That's right. You know, to that point, though, yeah. too, Max, I, I love this idea that people talk about, uh, that will they take the best athlete available? I go, they take the best athlete available at the position that they need. Exactly. That, the only time you take the best athlete available 
is when you're the Super Bowl champ and your roster's loaded and you go, eh, we, we really we like can these use guys. That guy. we, right. we got four yeah. of them, but we'll, we'll take a fifth. Otherwise, yeah, you're taking the best athlete available at the position you need. Yeah, and, and I think and that's where people kind of get misguided in this process because it's, it's the hot thing to say right. or to justify a bad pick. It's like, well, he ran a 4190, you know, 41940. No, no, no. You needed a wide receiver. That's why you drafted this kid. Right. Don't act like it, it, you had 17 wide receivers. He just <laughs> you're taking you're taking him from your rival in the division. Um, but but you're right. I mean, I think corners is going to be intriguing because once they get a run, then people feel like, oh, my God, I, I got a stockpile. I got to get this because he won't be there the next time I pick. So you get a little bit of that kind of angst or FOMO, so to speak. And that can also cause, like you said, those valuable guys to kind of drop a little bit. And now there's a great value for him. I mean, I think about, you know, Joey Porter Jr. last year, right? You know, everyone's like, oh, my God. Well, if we don't pick him when we pick, when we, when we pick we're not going to get him. And then, like you said, you had a little bit of wonkiness in the 20s, right? Tyler Linderbaum goes. Yeah. That was a position I'm sure they didn't think a center was going to go at that point. So now you bump him back one, and then we can get him right at the beginning of day two. And, uh, and, you, and you found out great value in him. I'm sure just teams have been like, dang it, why don't we take him, you know, even at 27 or 28, whatever it was. One of the things the Steelers have to decide and will probably decide sometime soon is what they're going to do with Allen Robinson. Do $10 million in real money this year. You know, he's kind of the third, fourth receiver, however you want to look at it, uh, if they move on from him. Now, I, the inflated salary cap will maybe help keep him, even though I still think they're going to have to redo his deal. But nonetheless, now all of a sudden wide receiver comes into play. Dale, you mentioned earlier it's a, it's a strong class for wide receivers. seems to be every year anymore. Where does wide receiver, do you think, fit into their plans? Well, I mean, I'm looking at end of day two, day three. I mean, I think that's also that sweet spot for the two fourth-round picks, the luxury that you have. Um, and, and we still don't know compensatories yet. If, if you get something else that I don't think they there, will. Yeah, think they'll the, get the, any the projections year. don't have them getting – What, the comp picks? Comp picks, yeah, yeah. I agree, yeah. Okay. Um, so, but, I, I mean, even at that, you know, you look at some of the guys that – might be available in that second and third round, even into the fourth round. Uh, uh, Javon Baker from UCF, who was who yeah. was at Alabama, I think is really interesting. Uh, bigger guy, uh, you know, the Ricky Pearsall. I would from, say Ricky Pearsall is one of the ones that yeah. I really like a lot because Ricky Ricky can do it all and he can play everywhere. Yeah. Um, he's a kid that's really really sound and technical in his route running, and so you can see there there's an attention to detail and a value there. But you played for Florida. There's one times where the Gators are not at a strength <laughs> and a, a run dominant offense. Right. So right. you so he made these splash plays, but he didn't have consistent because most kids are catching 100, 120 balls coming out now a year. Yeah. And he has that lower number. So that might hide him a little bit. Same thing us. with like Roman Wilson from Michigan. I mean, they just yeah. ran the football. So, and, yeah, you, so know, you, did, you don't really know what they have. You just know they produced when the ball was thrown in their direction. Yeah. And that's all I care about. I was like, hey, when it was called upon, you're ready to go. Yeah, because I, 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 you know, you're not going to look at that in the first round. Um, yeah. It just, you're just not. I mean, and, wide receiver. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, so you know, when you get to round two, you know, that pick in the fifties, that's a, that's a kind of that sweet spot for those second round guys, and you know, maybe even into the third, uh, you yeah. might be able to get a guy. Uh, what do you think of Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky as well? You know, I do like it, and and because of Western Kentucky's offense, kid gets a lot of volume. You know, and yeah. he's good in those short catch and runs, especially if you're looking at number three receiver, right? Yeah. We're not asking him to run Deontay or George's routes. We need him to be in that sweet spot in the slot. We need you to be able to pull that nickel down, take off the double coverage. Safety has to now come a little bit more so you can get the over the top. I think he's a very versatile guy in there, and he catches in traffic, which I which I love yeah. about him. And then breaks tackles and, and breaks tackles, and he's gone. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's not quite Tyreek Hill, but I mean, he has a lot of the things that you, that we value. I think that's going to be valuable in Arthur Smith's offense. Yeah. So there's some of those guys in that, in that second round, second, third round guys that I think would fit that. Jermaine Burton from Alabama is another one. Yeah. Yep. I'll throw him in there, Uh, you know, but he's a taller, you know, kind of power forward type in the middle of the field. So he compliments like a tight end passing game, which also Arthur Smith likes, you know, because imagine running an underneath route with him. You have Fryer Muth running the seam and he cuts underneath that. I mean, that boom right there. I have two options. Do I go over the top or do I want to hit him on a little short route? So I think there's a lot of that value. And that's why I think the wide receiver is so deep, because like you said, you can go in so many different directions. These kids come out now and they're ready. They're pro ready because they've gotten the volume no longer is the day like oh man this kid got 60 catches awesome um it's like it's like no if you got 80 it's like ah, what were you doing right you right. know let, let's check the offense and so, he's been going to passing camp since he was eight exactly he's been a demanding <laughs> passing academy he's he's been a seven on seven travel leagues uh, nowadays i mean because everybody's ready for that and you know not that you want to uh, look too far ahead like a whole year but you know taking the, into account well two things one the Steelers never turn their back on a skill player. If there's a skill player they like, they are tempted to take them, especially a wide receiver. Yeah. They're going to do it. And, and, and two, um, you know, Deontay Johnson's deal was up at the end of the year and I, you know, we'll see what they do. They're not going to make a decision now, but you know, it's not a slam dunk that they're going to extend him again. And so maybe if there's a wide receiver, you think, okay, one year with him and then they'll slot him into that position. If you move on, I, I know that's, that's a, a, another year at this point down the road. But that's part of the thought process as well. Yeah, no, you you have to, and this this is the thing. This is the blueprint template. When you're setting up generational success, or you're setting up generational, you know, success for your team, um, it has to be thought about how do we grow these guys through the draft, and how do we continue to build that stockpile, right? And that was what the Steelers did for a very long time. Right, and now, right. you know, because there's so many other needs, you don't really focus on that, but the Steelers have always been attentive. We're always going to have a good wide receiver. There's always going to be a value wide receiver. If anything, I could say Mike Tomlin's eye for a wide receiver is probably the best in the league for seeing what a guy's talent and getting the, extracting the most out of those guys, you know, just historically. And, and so if there does come a guy, I think that's where you kind of see it, right? You see at the end of day two, beginning of day, day three, where, you know, you got a little bit more flexibility, and if I need to jump one to two picks at that point in day three, uh, you're, you're not giving up a lot of resources yeah. at that point. Um, but I think, you know, you have to couple wide receiver, inside linebacker, tackle and detail kind of all in the same tier of priority. And so however it falls in there, like we can predict, hey, this is what I'd love to have. But it, it's going to be some hits in there where it's like I wasn't anticipating that, but glad you got him. Right. Almost like 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 a Nick Herbig. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we do need it, but we brought in all these veterans, but he's there. Yeah, he's a Wisconsin right, guy. Right. I got to bring him in. So I'm going to jump and take that. Or Darnell Washington that fell You're like, hey, 96. The value is just too great. It's to, too to great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, 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 They're not building his size and frame every day, and you let him slip to us, your fault. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with more coverage from the NFL Combine. It's day one. It's hour five for us on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio. When we return, Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com joins us here at the Indiana Convention Center. We'll be back with more of our coverage right after this. Live from the 2024 NFL Combine, this is Steelers Nation Radio. Yeah, welcome back to the Indiana Convention Center in Indianapolis. It's the site of 2024 
NFL Combine, Jerry Dulac, along with Dale Lawley and Max Starks. We're joined now by Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com, who joins us annually here at the Combine. How many Combines for you? Uh, uh, several. Uh, we're going at <laughs> more than 10. Probably past 25. Yeah, right? no kidding. Probably past you got 25. me beat. Yeah, 20, 20, this is my 25th with the club. So I know that, more. That long, you've been with the club that long. Yeah. 2000. Wow. Yeah. Long time. Great to be here with the upper crust of Pittsburgh sports writing, as well as with some Bengals loyalty. Uh, royalty. Yes. Bengals uh, royalty, Max, Max right. Stacks. Right. His dad was a longtime Bengal. No question. A great one, too. Yes, he was. Ross yeah. Brown. So um, I had the Bengals earmarked for three straight division titles. Oh, Nobody's ever done it. That's the amazing I know. thing, right? I, yeah, I know. And um, all fell apart, of course, when you lose a marquee quarterback, that's uh, a lot of trouble. Yeah, and it was times two. And remember, he just didn't have the wrist. Remember, the whole right. thing started the, the second day of camp with the calf. And, uh, you know, they look at it. Uh, it took him about a month to get back. And uh, and he had a month. And it was quite a month. Beat Buffalo. It was a 4-0 month until the wrist. And, uh, you know, beat Seattle on a tough one at home. And then sifted San Francisco. You know, outplayed Purdy. And, uh then the next thing you know, it's uh, – and really, you know, they go four and three with Browning, which tells me the roster is in pretty good shape. Yeah, and uh, it was a different uh, uh, Browning just the second time Pittsburgh. around. Yeah. Just couldn't beat the Steelers. You yeah. know, if could have found a way to beat the Steelers yeah. once, but not even close. Yeah, Steelers sweep the Ravens and the Bengals, yeah. five and one in the division. Yeah, I mean, that's – I know your guy gets a lot of heat up there, but – Yes, he does. He's a pretty good coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, five and one in, the, in that, uh, in, in yeah. eight and four the last two years in that division. Yeah. And I think everybody forgets, like two years ago, the entire division was three and three against yeah. each other. Yeah, they all beat up yeah. on each other. I mean, it's a, it's, and, it's and that's a tough thing because you know the Bengals were one and five in the division, and that's the that's why they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, and uh, I know that's going to be a, just it's going to be a talking point uh, today. You know, with uh, Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor take take to the podiums. But, uh, you know, you also got to – you can't panic, you know. I mean, with Joe Burrow, you're you're not going to be one in five. Yeah, it's like when, when the Steelers had been, you're, and as Max Wells know, uh, knows well, you're never out of any game, you're never out right. of any season right. when you have that quarterback. Right. right. And hopefully, you know, we got to put uh, – you know, got to find a way uh, to, beat the, to beat the Steelers because, uh, what, Mason, Rudolph, Mason Rudolph got us twice, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, better figure Actually, out. the first time was Kenny. The yeah, second it was time Kenny, it was. Right. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Sorry right. about that at all. But at all. It's, all right. it's, it's, it's all, you know. Your point was well taken. Well, yes. But the thing with, you know, the thing with the division is there's a clear recipe, you know, that you need to win it. And it's the whole thing's turnovers because the games are so tightly. I mean, that's what decides it. Is that, you know, you can talk about rushing yards and sacks and all that. But if you don't turn it over, you you know, in, because the games are just going to be, you know, going in, they're going to be decided by seven or less. I mean, I think that's something that people overlook to a certain degree with Pickett in particular is that he doesn't turn the football over. Yeah, the touchdowns, you'd love to have more touchdown yeah. passes out of him. But the turnover, I mean, I think he had four turnovers all last year. Uh, in 12 games, which yeah. if you do that, to your point, you're not going to yeah. you're not going to lose many games. It's the way Burrow plays. He doesn't yeah. turn the ball. over. No, no. And when he does, we, you know, I mean, uh, at Baltimore on the ropes in the home opener and, uh, you know, going in for a big score and he threw an end zone, you know, he threw a red zone pick, which he really, really does. But they got by beat. But they got beat by four that decided the game. 
you know, another another four point division. I think every time we play Baltimore, I think it's twenty seven, twenty four. Yeah. You just yeah, you that, don't yeah. know, right? You just Steelers don't know. was always sixteen, thirteen, yeah, yeah, yeah thirteen, just, ten, exactly. You just right. don't know. Okay, who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna throw the pick in the fourth quarter? Because that's what it comes down. And and injuries at wide receiver didn't help either. Team missed oh. a few games, right? That's and, correct. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we lost the big case. man in the middle. We didn't right. have the big man in the middle for that second Pittsburgh game. And anytime you go into a Pittsburgh game, I don't care how they are. If you don't have your big nose tackle, it's, it's going to be a long day at the ad. Now, so, is he expected to be DJ's a free agent, right? That's DJ right. Rita, we're right. talking about. Yeah, he's a yeah. terrific player. He's meant so much to them. Uh, and he's a free agent. Plus, he's coming off quad surgery. Uh, they'd love to have him back, but you know how it is, man. You got Burrow's got the two seventy-five. You got the twenty-two million on T. You know, so money runs out quick. You know, and so uh, they feel to like get, maybe they could get Jamar. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's another year for him. Yeah, that's another year yeah. probably for Jamar. I mean, they'd like to get that done as soon as possible, but. You know that might because he's he's coming he's going into his fourth year. Tyler Boyd's going to have to walk. You it's going to be hard to pay him. Yeah. You know I keep hearing he's coming to your place. That's because he went to Clareton High School in Pitt. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't. Know. I don't know. I I, don't. I think if they go wide receiver, it's going to be in a draft. I don't think they're going to go outside. But what hey, a, I'm not going to. What a great career! Something. What a great career he had in yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. One of the you know he passed uh, T.J. Hushman's out of fourth on the all-time receptions wow. list in that club. So that's a. But, you know, more than 500 catches. Or as Deshae Townsend, you'd like to call him T.J. Pushmanzati. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So if, if you if you lose Reader, yeah. how do you replace that? Yeah, probably, you know, you got to draft somebody. Uh, I think that's probably the first thing you're looking at. Uh, and uh, maybe drafting two. You, know, uh, you get some corner issues, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, Wouzier, probably, you know, they're trying to re-sign a Wuzier. That's going to be had. But, uh, you know, they do have uh, D.J. Turner, the second-round pick last year from Michigan. He kind of tailed a little bit at the end of last year, but he really had a really good he, – he can play in the league. He proved that. So I think with Cam Taylor, Britton, D.J. Turner, you're pretty good there. Now you need, like everybody else in the league, you need a little bit of depth after that. But, uh, you know, there's some – I you know, I think there's some uh, – you know, you're probably going to draft another guy there too. I would think. And I think, you know, too, um, okay, everybody gets so excited about match. You know, in uh, that match 16th, match 17th, and you get all these unbelievable deals. I kind of like match 28th, 29th, 30th. You're down at the league meetings. There's the big wave. Maybe the first couple weeks in April. Get some good players. It's typically, it's typically the Steeler way, even though yeah. they've kind of, quote, violated that the last couple right. of years. But typically, that's the way they've always done. You know, so now operated. what will be there now with the castle high? Right. Will you have that class of, that very good class of free agents that cost half as much? I don't know. So, uh, so the infl- does the inflated cap help any of your veterans who they might not have been otherwise? Uh, I would imagine. I, I, I would think it would help some, but I don't think it. it, it I don't think it. I don't think it. Uh, when you got two receivers and a quarterback like that, I don't think. It, right, I don't right. Think, I don't think it helps all that much. Yeah, the scary thing I think for the if you're if, if you're as a Bengals fan is watching what happens in Dallas, and if if the receiver there gets thirty million. What's your guy going to want? <laughs> well, which guy, yeah. too? Yeah, <laughs> There's right. two guys. Yeah, exactly. There's two number ones there. Yeah. But uh, that's why, you know, uh, and that's the other. Well, with Burrow, do you need to draft? Uh, do you need to keep signing, you know, receivers at the top of the market. You know, you get a quarterback that can deliver the ball. Um, but, you know, let's face it. That's why they're so great. It's because the receivers are so great, you know, and you get the great quarterback. So, you know, I, if, you, if you can keep both, you try. But, I mean, 
you got to stop them too. And, you know, they've had some issues stopping people, you know, they kind of after CJ Stroud came in and that was probably their toughest loss of the year. Burrow was playing and that stopped uh, Houston beat them by a field goal uh, at the gun. And uh, that was the one game Burrow lost when he was healthy in that month stretch. And, uh, you know, they didn't, they couldn't, they, they couldn't stop the long ball. And, you know, they get Steelers beat them on a couple of long plays uh, in Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, they've got to, uh, you know, they get, They've got to they've got to beef up you know some spots on defense too. Yeah, and one of the things that's interesting because Jonah Williams, right. free agent as well, and both your key backups, Sharping and uh, I'm drawing blank on the third guy, uh, uh, Cody Ford. Yep, Cody yeah, Ford. Cody right, Ford. Right. So you got so you got some depth issues that you kind of have yeah. to fill out as well because we know that that's been a big issue, right? Is the Bengals have really gone after going and getting Orlando Brown and then shifting Jonah Williams, going yep. and getting Alex Kappa. And you're really trying, you know, Bolson, you've gone at trying to really keep him protected, but now you kind of have a void there at the right tackle position. So is that a priority you think here, or you think that's a free agent? No, I think that's probably Max. That's a good question. I'm I'm guessing that that's kind of, you're looking at 18 at that spot. Plus, and and you would probably know better than I, but that position looks to be pretty deep this year. Yeah. So even if you don't get the guy at 18, you might be able to get him maybe, maybe in the second round. I mean, if it, because I think there's a, 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 there's a, there's a, crop of maybe three or four real you know tackles and then it kind of drops a little bit yeah so you know so you know they're going right the first yeah. three are going and then so you, it comes down to how do they think about that second tier of guy and then you know uh do they think you know do they go i i just think it's going to be a big man probably who comes off the board be it offensive or defense it could be the yeah. entire first round could be big big men and cornerbacks yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. very yeah. much well so. and, i mean it always is like kind of you get the quarterbacks out of the way in the first three yeah right first three or four and then big men and corner melee <laughs> because you never can have enough offensive line you can never have enough corners no right i mean and that's if you look at how this club has kind of attacked it it's uh you know the in the 2020s and they've had a great run with the agency you know and they kind of attacked their corner uh, the corners, you know, they've got second round corners, DJ Turner, Cam Taylor, Britt, you know, they spent a lot of money in free agency on Awuzie and Hilton. So, you know, they've treated that as a, you know, they've treated that as a premium. Still uh, high on Mike Hilton. Oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. 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 I think so. I mean, I, uh, great nickel guy, you know, you know, and he's very versatile and, uh, they got an interesting dynamic with Dax Hill who might not be a real natural safety, but you know, Maybe, maybe, you know, could they flop him and Hilton? Could, 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 could Dax do a little bit of what I Hilton loved does, him as a nickel, you know, in the draft. You know, that, and that's what he draft. is. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what he that's what he played at Michigan. Yeah. Right? But he's a tremendous player. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete, and he's a really he's you know he can do he can do it all. I think they're thinking, and Duke Tobin said this at the Senior Bowl last month. He can do everything, but we want him to do one thing well. We want to find out what that is. So I don't know. Do they move things? You know, Hilton played a little bit of safety this year. You know, so he's just uh, he can he can really, uh, you know, Mike's meant so much. He was a captain this year. He's meant so much to the team. He's just I mean, a football a, player. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's exactly you know he's exactly what they need. And uh, you know, a guy like that, the position he plays, he hangs. He's going to be you know he's not going anywhere. You know, he's maybe getting a little bit. You know, was he twenty seventeen? He's twenty sixteen. I think he came out of twenty sixteen uh, undrafted. I think so. But you know, he's. You know, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be at the Catholic to do what he does. He's doing, he's doing it on brains and positioning. Uh, 
So uh, do you think uh, active in free agency, you think, in think terms of bringing people in? I mean, I, you, you, I think it's tough. I yeah. think usually, I mean, if you just go look at history, when they have the veteran quarterback, um, you know, they keep their own. Right. You know, I think that's and that's I think that's where we are now. You know, you're not if you get a free agent splash, it's because they kept one of their guys. Which is the way typically the Steelers operate. It's they operate very much, uh, very much alike. You know, Duke Tobin and Kevin, you know, were, you know, they were good friends. They were they'd known each other along the way in a scouting trail. I think they probably saw things probably a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit the same way. And, you know, the, the Browns and the Roonies known each other a oh, long yeah. time, you know, and I think they, uh, I think the, they probably took, they probably borrowed a little bit from each other, you know, a lot of respect there, a lot of mutual respect there. So it's really no surprise that there's, you know, you, you know, keep probably, that thinking up. They might have a couple division titles in their possession. Oh, wait a minute. They just didn't have a couple. You know, I'm, I'm shocked that there's no Boston background in you with, I, I, no, you I, can't, I, you yeah. just can't tell yeah, when, no, when we talk to you. I'm a Cincinnati guy though. You know, <laughs> well, it's amazing. I've been in Cincinnati since, uh, 1990. And you were at the so, Enquirer, correct? Yeah, I was at the Post first. Post. Yeah, I killed that paper. Then I went. Then I, <laughs> it's like it's like me. I went from the press yeah. to the Post Gazette. Yeah, then I went to the Enquirer. Wasn't that. the Post? Wasn't it a Scripps Howard? Or it I was wrong? a Scripps Howard because Just like the, me. Yeah, right. It was it was the Pittsburgh Press. Right? Yes, yeah, correct. Right, yeah, right. And it was uh, really, some really good uh, Steelers writers there too. I Absolutely, think, uh, a lot of good writers. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of them lost their jobs because Honestly. the press was the bigger paper. Steve uh, and they Hubbard. eventually sold. He, yeah, he, yeah, he, right. He left because he didn't get taken on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Steve Hubbard was really good. Yeah, yeah. Always good seeing you, my friend. Great seeing you guys, Max. Yeah, always, always good to see you. Man. Always good to see you too, Jeff. Yes, I'll see you, man. I'll talk to you. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeff, guys. Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. Twenty-five years with the club, huh? Uh, twenty-four, but twenty-fifth season in Carmine. You know how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty. Uh, Peter Warwick. It'll be twenty-four years. Peter Warwick Day, April fifteenth, two thousand. No kid, Peter Warwick. Wow. Wow. So that was my first day on the job. Yeah. How about that, that? that? was a heck of an athlete. I date you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then and then I think they took Warwick fourth, and the Steelers took Plaxico Burris eighth. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In two uh, two thousand, right? But I can't find my car keys. I know that, but I don't know where my car. Oh, where I oh, where I packed it. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna take a break. We will come back with more from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis right after this. You're listening to Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio. This is continuing coverage of the 2024 NFL Combine live from Indianapolis on Steelers Nation Radio. All right, we're back. Uh, thanks to Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. Uh, uh, I asked him if he expected the Bengals to be active in free agency. Uh, Max, um, Steelers have been very active the last two years in free agency, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, do you expect them to be that active, given that every starter on offense is back, although Mason Cole now is not, and most of your starters on defense are back, um, but there are some some holes and you know how it works. They use free agency to offset the uh, the emergency needs in the draft. Yeah. Uh, how busy or lack of busy do you think they'll be? I think they'll be value hunters this time around. Uh, I think you kind of made big splashes the last couple of years. And so I think now, you know, like Jeff was talking about, right, that end of March, beginning of April, second wave. And that's where the guys didn't get what they thought they were worth, which we talked about Ramon, right? Hey, I think I'm worth this. Well, you might want to think more here just to be in reality. All the players that are, that are going to be free agents 
just saw the cap go up by 30 million. Yeah. So now they're thinking, you know, the dollar signs start clicking in your head a little bit. Yeah, they do until you start realizing that, okay, well, who's the quarterback on this team? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like that money's chewed up so they don't like, have to restructure it. Like he just it. pointed yeah. up with Joe yeah. Burrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you like you know, there, there's a little less restructuring going on or it's not as great of a restructure. Um, so, I mean, it is a value, but I think for the Steelers, where we're looking, especially inside linebacker, because you're gonna take, you're gonna, you're gonna dabble in both, and then for defensive linemen, you know, if somebody comes up of value, they can add depth to that defensive line, and then of course, surprise if there's a safety that falls. I really, you know. really like the safety group of in, that's available in free agency yeah. this year, and they're not all going to get paid. It's just no. uh, there's like 20 guys there who are starters. Yeah, that and that just seems to be that position that yeah, like running back, right? Yeah. You know, it's just th- there's not a high value placed on them. And like you said, when you have a lot to choose from, we're not we're not going to go break the bank for you. And I think those guys will be more amenable as as, yeah. as free agency wears on, so we can get value. Once there. you start to see the musical chairs happen and seats start being taken, you know, yeah, just like got to get what I can because <laughs> I need to be on a roster, right? You know, as a, as a true unrestricted free agent, so. I, I think they will be. I just don't think they'll be as active as they have been the last two years. I think Omar, Sheldon, and, and, and Andy and them have done a lot to really bolster and turn. I mean, you think about last year, right? Out of 95 guys, we have 54 new faces. Right. So right. they did a big turnover last year. I don't think they're going to try and do an overhaul again this year. And you look at the uh, – they don't have any uh, really significant free agent losses. Jason yeah. Rudolph and and Miles Killebrew are probably the two biggest on the list, and you know they're going to re-sign Miles Killer. I would imagine, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you're, special you're teams captain, Pro Bowler, yeah. right? Absolutely. And Mason is amenable to coming back. He's amenable to checking what's out there. And with all due respect to Mason, it's not. I don't think teams are going to be lining up to sign him. That's what people in Pittsburgh think. But um, I still think, re- all that aside, his best opportunity is still here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, because he. Proven track record. You're a drafted guy. here. Hell, I called your name in the draft the year you were drafted. <laughs> uh, him and Chooks in the third round. Um, I think I think he likes Pittsburgh. I think he likes the comfortability of it. And like you said, the 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 ceiling for him as far as expectations is still relatively low. Like they're not expecting him to be day one starter. You got to right. come in and be five years committed to this. You'll be able to get a two year deal done with him. That's that's going to be similar to Mitch Trubisky. A little exactly. bit above that. And I think actually, I think it that. might end up below it, but nonetheless, yeah, but, but right. some, somewhere in that region, right? right. I mean, yeah. because it, they're going to look at the resume and say, "Hey, what have you done for me? I got us to the playoffs." And going to say that that's that's worth a little bit of a bump in in, in in the old scratch game. And there's probably Dale, there's probably not too many places, if any, where he's going to go where he would have a better opportunity to maybe morph into the starting role than what he has here, because he has a lot of the teammates on his side, the coaches who were there on his side. Even people in the front office on his side who know that if Kenny Pickett would struggle early in the year, you know, right, it's going to be quick. Yeah. And, and, and you've got a new offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith who was there when they made the move in Tennessee for Marcus Mariota yeah, to, to uh, Tannehill. To Tannehill. That's right. Yeah. That yeah. was after six games. Uh, you know, they pulled the, pulled the plug on that. And, you know, the Titans weren't struggling as a team at that point. No. They just, just said, you know what, this guy was better in the preseason. We're going to make the switch. And the other thing, too, Max, you know, the one thing of people now, it's funny, all the people who with with all the hype over Kenny Pickett has now turned to pessimism about it, and all the people who had him in the Hall of Fame are now calling him a bust. He is not that. The guy's 14-10 and 10 as a starter. You go back to the end of his rookie season to the beginning of last year, 
He's 12 and five in that 17 game window. That's a possibly a number one seed, if you will. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not like they can't win with them. It's just that some of the some of the product in terms of point production. I was going to say the, the numbers aren't aren't beautiful. That's right. And, yeah. and, and, he's and, not a fantasy football friendly quarterback. That and was, in many I, I ways, out the hard way. And in many ways, he could be like <laughs> Neil O'Donnell. And it you can yeah. win with him. But how far are you going to go with him? And and that's why year three is really big for him and really big for the Steelers evaluating him. Yeah, and that's why you don't you don't jump at every shiny new toy right now because you know it takes three years to really know what you have at a quarterback, and especially now that you're switching the system. And regardless of where we're at right now, it can't be any worse than what he was in, and he still succeeded within the confines of that system. So give him an earnest shot at being the guy with a brand new system, fresh start, right? You know, um, and, and see what you can have with him. I think, and Mason gives a security blanket for the Steelers. They also, he also gives a competitive push that nudge that he's going to need right. by having him there. And you're still going to go get somebody else. Cause you, you still got to have three or four, you have to have four quarterbacks on the roster going into training camp. Right. That's what you have to have regardless. So whether you bring one in a free agency, you draft a couple here, like you're going to have to fill out that spot to get to 95 by the time OTA start. So why not have at least somebody in-house that's familiar face, right? Cheers. Walk in. It's Norm, right? That's what Mason, that's what Mason Rudolph is. Hey, Norm. All right. And, and then bring in some new faces and, and see how it works, you know, depending on the draft. But fill your holes and, and those necessary things. I think Mason and Miles will be both targets of them. You're talking about free agency, uh, you know, activity. It'll be keeping in-house and then finding the value later later in the, in the uh, signing period. In, in terms of – learning a new offense how difficult is that it can under today's constraints with the how many times you can practice and how much of that's going to fall on the players themselves to study outside of the norm it's going to fall a lot on them I mean that's why you know the advent of what quarterbacks bring guys to wherever they are and hey we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stay at my crib and San Diego and we're going to we're going to throw, you know, two times a day for two weeks. You know, uh, Tom Brady kind of popularized this type of deal, but guys were doing this beforehand. But I think that's where it comes in, you know, getting getting your quarterback, and your wide receiver in this playbook, giving them a copy of it, you know, digital or however. And we need to work through the system so that when we come back for training camp from OTAs, we're better suited to hit the ground running. And for offensive and defensive linemen, like talking with your boys, like, you know, if you need to do a Zoom or FaceTime and kind of go through this, you know, whoever the center's going to be and getting into a rhythm so that the terminology, because that's the biggest thing, it's always terminology. Even though, you tr- even though you know, a, a new OC coming in tries to keep the old terminology and you have a lot of the, the coaching staff intact from the previous, so there's going to be more of an onus for Arthur Smith to really get into their system versus – bringing in his brand new system, but still going to be some new things. We have a new wide receiver coach. We got some new guys that new faces on the offense. So it's going to be melding those. And I think that's the time now that they're getting that out the way so that when they present to the players, it's cohesive and it's one band, one sound from the coaching staff. And you don't have any outliers. I don't like this or this sounds, this sounds messed up. I mean, cause I remember getting that when, uh, when we had went from Russ to, to coach Zerline, you know, this makes no sense. I'm like, this is how we've done it for three years. And by the way, we won a Super Bowl doing this exact thing. So let's let, let let's be a little more amenable, coach, <laughs> uh, with, with understanding this, uh, the, the, you know, the way that we at least call things. Because, I mean, even then, for my unit especially, for offensive line, we make up our own terminology anyways. 
So there's going to be a terminology that the offensive coordinator knows. Oh, this is a deuce. This is an ace. This is a backside slip. We're going to be like, hey, it's a twoey. It's a twoey. Because you're like, the D lineman already know what it is. Hey, sugar, sugar, sugar. That means set off the ball. We're going to create our own because that's just offensive lineman play. Because if we're communicating, the defense is hearing that. They know they know what a deuce block is. They know what a tray block right, is. Right. So it's like we have to kind of change it up. You know, I'll never forget, we switched for the hard count for three because Chris Kimiatu could never remember three. And we couldn't say, hey, Chris, on three. Or we couldn't say hard count. <laughs> so we were like, toi, toi. And he was like, what does that mean? I said, we just told you. It's French for three. Stop it. <laughs> and we're like, well, how about this tray? He's like, no, that sounds like a block on the front side. And it's also Trey Essex's name. I right, can't do that. Right, right. So, so we can't go. So, so you know, we have the. And it's like, okay, we got to settle on something that throws up, that doesn't tip the other squad. So that's the that's usually the toughest transition for a lot of guys, especially with the new OC. And and you know, and we only have a minute left, but that's why I thought it was important really to bring back Mike Sullivan because one, the players, uh, the quarterbacks just love the guy. He obviously was the play caller and ran that offense. But to have him for that transition period, I think, for the exact reasons you said, is very big. Yeah, and he and he knows the personnel. That's what I mean. Art doesn't know that personnel, so he knows, hey, Broderick Jones can, can run a tackle counter. I probably wouldn't run it with Dan Moore. So let's think about it in this. How do we get some formations to flip it that, even though we're showing window dressing, because that's what he likes. So, it, yeah, it's very important to have that continuity and carryover between coordinators. Well, you got one more hour before your nap. Is that what you said? Correct. Right? Yeah, correct. Dale has two more hours. Is that correct? I get two more. Matt yeah. Williamson comes back in here, right? Jumping uh, back yeah. in. And I leave. That's right. Yeah. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Exactly. Well, enjoy your day, Jerry. I will. I still got work to do. I have to go do the other kind of work. That okay. There, yeah, there I'm it not is. leaving. Don't get there me. That's right. Yeah, that. the, yep, yep. Uh, so, and then we will turn it over to hour six of our coverage today. Day one at the NFL Combine for my co-host, Dale Lawley and Max Starks. I'm Jerry Dulek. Stay right where you are. There's more NFL Combine coverage coming your way on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio.